Welcome to the Building Resilience Podcast, where we learn all about building resilience in ourselves and helping others build it too. We draw from the principles of positive psychology and coaching to help you face adversity and do more than just survive. We want you to thrive. We are certified life coaches and speech language pathologists, and we will help you manage your mind, your emotions, and become the very best version of yourself, version 2.0. Let's get started. This is Heather Stables and Leah Davidson, and this is the Building Resilience Podcast, episode 19, Dealing with the Mean Girls. That's right, Heather. Do you have mean girls that live in your head? Mm-hmm. Doesn't everybody? Well, I was wondering, I was thinking maybe we should have called the episode Dealing with the Mean People, because I don't think it's mean girls living in everyone's head. It's mean girls in my head, but I think for other people, they may have mean people. I just like the visual of the movie, The Mean Girls. That's what comes up to me. Today, that is what we're talking about. We have talked on previous episodes all about the voices that we have in our head. And just to do a quick review, but I encourage you to go back and re-listen. I think it was episode six. That's when we introduced you to the old brain and the new brain, the lower brain and the higher brain. We like to call this CEO and the monkey. And of course, we refer to the monkey based on Tim Urban's talk, The Master Procrastinator. Tim, that's a TED Talk. Of course, we always talk about TED Talks, so I've got to put my TED Talk in the podcast as we just love the imagery so much of the cutest little monkey. So that's where we called it the monkey. But basically, the goal of this part of the brain, which is a survival part of the brain, is all about immediate gratification, all about survival, taking care of the now. And really the goals are to avoid pain, seek pleasure, and do what's easy and most efficient. That's right. The monkey is always on the lookout for danger and has a super sensitive danger radar. Everything is danger, whether it's a real threat or a perceived one. He goes into high alert. That's just what he does. And we love the monkey. He's just doing his job. He's just keeping us safe. We want him around because he does have an important role to fill in our life. Totally, but he seems to have a lot of chatter and he's always talking loudly and constantly trying to get us to stay safe, but that sometimes means trying to deter us from doing hard things or setting goals or expanding ourselves. So I like to think of the monkey also as playing the role of what psychologists often call our inner critic. And I feel that my mind is so busy. And to be honest, most people that I talk to, their minds are pretty busy too. And so it feels like monkey's not alone. (laughs) And that monkey has some help. (laughs) He's not flying solo as the inner critic. And I always tell my clients that monkey is the ringleader, has a whole band of mean people working with him. And in my brain, it is the mean girls. And so we're going to refer to them as the mean girls, but you can refer to them however you want. It's basically your inner critic and whatever. I just think my inner critic is pretty powerful. It must be a whole gang. And I know some people will refer to it as the inner critic. I've heard that many times. It's quite common in psychology, as we said, or it can be the judge. We took a course and it was called the judge. Remember that, Leah? That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And of course, Freud referred to it as the superego. Yeah, it doesn't seem as fun to refer to it as a superego, though. (laughs) No, it doesn't. No. Basically, a great definition of it is offered by Byron Brown. 
It is the force inside that constantly evaluates and assesses our worth as human beings and thus prevents our capacity to be fully alive in the present moment. Yeah, so really call it whatever you want, whatever works for you. We just want you to be conscious that there is an inner critic, whether you call it your monkey, an inner critic, a judge, or a whole gang of mean girls, be aware. And I do think it's important to name it somehow, though, because we do want to separate us from it. We are not that critic. We are not our monkey. That is not the true you. So I think that naming it helps you detach a little bit so you can become the observer and the watcher of the thoughts that the critic offers you. But remember that these thoughts and feelings are not you. So the mean girls in my head, they are not me. They are just the mean girls that live in my head. So that's how we can experience them. It's the voice inside us that is constantly criticizing and judging us. It sounds lovely, doesn't it? We all have them. I read it and I'm like, I cringe. Often it says to us things that we wouldn't even dream of saying to someone else. Here's some examples. It might tell us things like, you can't do that. Everyone else is ahead of you. If people knew who you really were, then they would never talk to you. You have no clue what you're doing and you have no right to be doing this podcast. (laughs) I can't believe you said that. You sound so stupid. You'll never find anyone. You're not capable of doing that. You look terrible and on. That's right. And it can use all kinds of language. So sometimes your tone, your inner critic may be even harsher. Maybe the tone of voice, it can get pretty, pretty abrupt at times. Or aggressive, yeah. Very aggressive, yeah. And it depends, like it's your inner voice. I think we all know what our inner voice sounds like. We just maybe have not been able to distinguish it and separate it from ourselves. And that's why we want to do that. So according to one of our mentors, Alex Howard, he talked about how there's some different ways that we can experience this critic. So the first one is the most obvious one in our own heads towards ourselves, like beating ourselves up, like we just talked about criticizing everything we do, everything we don't do, what we say, what we don't say. And it just feels like it's so true, like it's just our own voice telling us the facts. So that's the most obvious way we experience the inner critic. Yeah. Another way we can project our inner critic onto other people and then we use it against ourselves. So that means we're imagining what we think other people are thinking about us. So my mean girl might be saying to me, oh, your podcast listeners think you're terrible. Or (laughs) see, (laughs) or maybe, (laughs) or you may be in a group of people and think, oh, they think I look terrible. Or they, I have nothing good to say, or they think I'm stupid. So basically we're imagining, we're hearing their voice in our minds, but it's all imaginary what they think of us. So we can actually start to feel like that is what those people are actually thinking when really it's our own mean girls telling us what we think others are thinking about us. It's ironic though, because the inner critic usually affects our self-esteem and can gnaw away at our self-esteem, but we can then walk into a room and think that everybody's talking to us. So we will think, oh my gosh, I'm not good enough. But then at the same time, we're so good that everybody is talking about us. So it's (laughs) ironic and really, let's face it. Most people are not thinking about you. They are thinking about themselves. They are too busy judging themselves than to judge you. Exactly. And the third way is really interesting. 
It's that we judge other people. So we also turn our own inner critic towards other people. We find ourselves being hypercritical towards other people. You know, now we're doing the constant judging. We're pointing out what they do wrong. We actually are trying to inflate ourselves by attacking others in our mind. So we get a false sense of feeling bigger and we get an inflated sense of self. And we do it all the time. We do all three of these things all the time. I just want to put that out there at different times to different degrees. Now, we may have a predominant one or use certain patterns. So some people are more critical to themselves. Some people are more critical to others. And some are both. And the more we recognize how our own mean girls work, the better it is because then we can start making adjustments. So we, again, we don't want to be too hard on the monkey and the mean girls, though. They're just trying to protect us from danger, from the big, scary world that we live in. (laughs) And we're also socialized to have this strong critic. Let's not forget that's a big piece of it. We are always told we need to be the best. We're very competitive. We need to create strategies to make sure that we don't fail or that we have to try to be perfect. So they are not good strategies that we're using with the inner critic, but they're strategies nonetheless. That's right. And we want to be aware of the mean girls because it serves no purpose to be critical of the critic. (laughs) You're just adding layers (laughs) of (laughs) criticism on top of criticism. There's so much irony when we deal (laughs) with the inner critic and the mean girls. So much irony. So treating ourselves harshly because we have a strong group of mean girls defeats the entire purpose. And we're going we're gonna to come back to this in a little bit. That's right. But first, we're going to talk about why is it important to deal with the mean girls? Like, why can't we just let them be and chatter along and, and do those things? There's a few reasons why we want to deal with them. And the first one is they actually prevent us from growing and trying new things. So we can end up feeling stuck because we have to follow the rules of the inner critic, who the inner critic says we are, what we can do and what we can't do. So we end up limiting our potential and our possibilities if we just listen to what the mean girls are saying. Yeah, because they're saying just stay in the cage. Stay in the cave, right? So you're imprisoning yourself. Another way is we end up feeling guarded and don't become our authentic selves. We feel less, we spend lots of energy on feeling like we're just not enough. Mm -hmm. And then the third way is it actually triggers our nervous system. We constantly feel attacked. And what does our body do when it feels attacked? It triggers the nervous system. We feel like we have to defend. So we go into the state of fight, flight or freeze. And we know that the nervous system is there to protect us when there is real danger, but we don't do well when it's constantly activated. So if we're constantly judging and criticizing and attacking, whether it's ourselves or other people, then we're constantly triggering our nervous system. And that's just not good for our health, our body, our mind, our heart, our spirit. Our goal is to be in a calm, healing state, and no one will get there by being attacked. And the inner critic is all about attacking. So that's why we really have to address it. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes people think that we need to have this group of mean girls, because if we didn't, we wouldn't do anything. Yeah, I know. I know. This is such a common one that I'm like, I can't give up the mean girls because they're the ones who get me doing things. Yeah, they light the fire under your bum. If I don't have an inner critic, what will happen? 
Will I not do anything? We somehow think that we need to be unkind and cruel to ourselves to get things done. I want to offer you that is not the case. Do you prefer a friend to motivate you by telling you how terrible you are? (laughs) No. No. (laughs) Do you even listen to a friend like that? Not likely. So we may try to believe that our inner critic is an inner motivator, but if it is not speaking with kindness and compassion, chances are it's not going to motivate you effectively. Our inner critic tries to motivate us by fear, and we know that fear is a terrible motivator. That's right. So it's not to say that we never want to listen to the voice in our head. We just want to know that we're listening to the kind, loving, rational CEO speaking, or we want to know that it's the monkey and the mean girl speaking, because there is some feedback that we do want to listen to. So I want to give you an analogy that I used with my kids while they were growing up, and it's about slime. And Ooh. I use it sometimes too, and it's, it seems like a funny analogy, but it was so effective, especially when they were younger. I used to say, okay, if somebody pictures somebody throwing slime at you, like a big ball of slime, there are three things that you can do with it. The first thing you can do is you can allow yourself to be completely slimed. So they throw the slime at you and it gets all over you. The second thing you can do is you can see the slime coming your way and just like duck out of the way, move out of the way, simply move. And the third thing you can do is you can catch it. You can catch it, you can look at it, you can evaluate it, and then you can decide what to do with it. You can put it down, you can throw it back, you can use it. And that's what I like to think about when the things that the mean girls say and do. It's the slime that they're throwing (laughs) at me. So I get to decide. I get to decide whether or not I let it slime me, so I just take it at face value. I get to decide whether I completely ignore it so I move out of the way or I get to decide whether I catch it and is it useful for me? Is this something I want to use? So this was always a great way to talk to my kids about it and often refer to it when talking to my husband, even about his work. Like he'll share something with me and I'll ask him, are you letting yourself get slimed? (laughs) So (laughs) it's a quick way of thinking about the feedback we're getting from other people. But I also think it's the same with our inner feedback. We can also ask, okay, who's throwing the slime? Is it our CEO or is it monkey and the mean girls? Now that we're more aware of who these mean girls are, why we have them and the cost of having them, let's talk about the best ways to deal with them. Here are 10 different ways that you can manage them. We're going to just go through them. Try them out. Not everyone will work for you. We often give you ideas and these can trigger other ideas that you can come up with that might work better for you. So you can get really creative here. That's right. So the first way is we want to lose the judgment. So stop beating yourself up about why you have a monkey and a gang of mean girls, because we already talked about that. You are not going to get rid of them. So instead, you want to come from a place of curiosity. When they are acting up, you want to ask, okay, why do they think I'm in danger? What threat am I actually in? What is the perceived threat? So this is like catching the slime and analyzing it and then deciding what to do with it. But doing all that without judgment. So you're just merely evaluating something. Okay, the second one, express gratitude to them. Thanks for sharing that. They're only trying to protect you. They're only doing their job. 
We don't have to fight with them. And the more you engage by attacking or going to war with it, the more you're feeding it. So it just becomes louder. So just thank them and move on. That's right. Now, the third way is actually to get to know them. Um, There's that expression that says, like, keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Get to know your mean girls. Get to know what their tactics are. The more aware you are of the tactics that they use, the less you're going to be surprised. What are the specific patterns that they have or that they use? What are some of the top attacks of your inner critic? How does it go after you? So some examples of ways that your mean girls could attack you could be through maybe your appearance or your weight or your body or your intelligence or what you say or don't say, your performance. So it can go after you about things that have happened in the past. Or maybe it chooses to go after you by telling you what other people think of you. Of course, it doesn't know. Your mean girls don't know what other people think of you. But it can be really strongly saying, I think they think this. So get to know what the pattern is of your mean girls. Yeah, that's so important. Number four, anticipate ahead of time and then script out your responses to the mean girls. We often know if we are going to be doing a new thing, the mean girls will always act up. Anytime we're trying to do something that is hard, causes pain, may not be so pleasurable, and is definitely not easy, we know they're gonna surface. So we can think of them ahead of time. What would the CEO say? Script it out so that you know how you're gonna respond. Number five is doing a bit of a review at the end of the day. Okay, so how did I do? What were the mean girls up to today? What were they after me about? How did I handle the mean girls? What went well? What could I do differently next time? So this helps for the next time what you should keep doing or what you should try, you could try differently. Having a bit of that reflection at the end of the day can be super helpful. Now, number six, is actually one of my favorite ones. It's agree with the mean girls. So arguing increases the intensity. So if I just introduced a maybe, or sometimes there's no argument. Now that doesn't mean I'm agreeing with them. It just means that I'm not gonna go head to head and expend energy arguing with them. So this actually will make your inner critic and the mean girls lose the power. So maybe the inner critic and your mean girls are going to say something to you like, oh, you're so lazy. Maybe sometimes I am lazy or sometimes I'm a terrible friend. Maybe sometimes I am. So you just hear what they have to say. And instead of trying to be defensive and pushing back, you just simply say, yeah, maybe sometimes I am. I'm totally human. So it's possible that I'm going to be all the things at a time that the mean girls are accusing me of. I love that. Number seven, don't engage. Much like the slime, just move on by. You might hear it and simply respond, yep, I heard that before, done this, old news, on repeat, here we go again. These thoughts may come knocking. You're allowed to just ignore the knock. You're allowed to go to the window to see who's there. You're even allowed to open the door and tell them you're not interested. No, thank you. You do not have to invite them in. Yeah, I think sometimes we hear that a lot about thoughts, that thoughts will come. And because they arrive, that we have to do something with them. We have to obey them. We have to invite them in and have them stay for dinner. We literally can just go to the door, see it's a thought, not interested in entertaining that thought and shut the door. So I love that one. Don't engage in it. Number eight is using humor. 
And I think that's why I love thinking of this part of my brain as a monkey and a gang of girls, because I can laugh and have some fun with it. Laugh a little. Oh, there's my monkey again. And if you work with me, I tend to use humor a lot. Like I'll say to people when they're talking about something they're doing, I'm like, I think your monkey is in the car heading down the freeway, music blasting, no license, not paying attention to anything. So when you have some of these thoughts, you can use humor and just be like, there's monkey acting up again, acting as if he knows everything when he really doesn't. Okay, number nine, try the complete opposite. You can play around and have some fun with this. How is the opposite actually true? And this helps you loosen it up and see that it's just really one viewpoint. You can start to see that the mean girls are not the authority of everything. That's right. And number 10 is using some self-compassion. And that is tagging on the words, of course. So of course you think that you're human. When the mean girls start up, just approach them with some self-compassion. Of course you think that. You're scared of it. It's okay. So I really find the, of course, it's natural when you're a human to have all these fears and have all these anxieties and have all these worries. A little bit of self-compassion goes a long way. Okay. We're at number 11. Finally. Even though we said that there was only 10. Yeah. We, yeah. (laughs) There's an added bonus. Yeah. (laughs) The best tip. Finally, there's one way that might work for you the best, and that is speak back aggressively. I know it's a bit counterintuitive to some of the other suggestions, but like we said, there's not one way to do this. You need to do what works for you. But our inner critic, those mean girls, are not you. They are not a real person. So you don't have to be polite. You can just tell them to bug off. Leave me alone. Get lost. You can do whatever works for you. And don't give your inner critic the time of day. That's right. There are so many different ways that we can deal with the mean girls. And I want to encourage you all to try them out. Because remember the concept of neuroplasticity? Well, your inner critic has a very strong super highway. Monkey and the mean girls, they know exactly the highway they want to go on. Has some very well-worn routes. So if you try new routes, it's not going to be easy. Your inner critic is going to have a field day. It's going to be saying things like, you think you can change the way you deal with me? I don't think so. You're not going to be able to make any changes. And it's really going to push back hard. So you have to very deliberately and intentionally set your GPS to a new route. You're first going to have to be aware of what your route is. So what is the pattern that the monkey and the mean girls go down? So that you can recognize when the pattern starts happening, when you're about to hop onto that super highway, you can recognize it and then you can stop it. And then when you're aware, you can choose and try, you can choose one of the new suggestions. And this is the new route that you can intentionally create for yourself. Creating these new pathways means that when you're met with challenges, your mean girls don't have to just jump on the old super highways. You have new routes to use. You have increased your resilience because you have more ways to deal with things and you have more ways to deal with the challenges. And so now you're more empowered. That's right. 
So that's a wrap for today. We hope you and your mean girl have enjoyed today. I know I want to say to everybody that we would love to hear from you. So leave us a message on our social media at hl.lifecoaching. And I also want to remind you all to leave a review. Make sure you subscribe and please tell all your friends about our podcast. And of course, my mean girls are having a field day and saying to me, why are you saying that, Leah? Nobody learned anything from you. Your analogies are so silly. Nobody wants to leave you a review or share with their friends because you're not good enough. So this is proof that my mean girls are wrong. If you guys will go out and leave a review and leave us a message. And I'm just going to say to my mean girls now, maybe some people think that, maybe some people don't. So I'm going to look forward to hearing from you all and have a beautiful week.